Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to visit mbcocala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life or if you'd like to support this ministry financially. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Temptation. Everywhere we go and everywhere we look, there are things that pull on us. While we can't choose what tempts us, we can choose our behavior. In this series, we will learn how to beat temptation. Well, good morning. How's everybody? Go Gators, huh? Barely, barely. I, I, you know, people say, I I didn't know you were a fan. I go with a winner. All right. I just go with a winner. And I like it when they win because so so many of you are Gator fans. And when they win, you're happier and it works better. Amen. Um, Have you ever had something um, on your mind, something you need to take care of? I got to do something about that. You kind of work it into your dream. Have you ever, you ever done that? The other night, that kind of happened to me. The other night, I I had this dream. Well, good morning, and we're glad you're all here. Can we welcome our internet audience right now? So glad you're here. Peace to your house. Wait a minute. I'm a little distracted. We're a little short on Parker, so slow down. Slow down. All right, come on. Today, sir, today, we only have three services. Because actually, we're trying to get more Parkers. Hold on just a second. I got some more coming in here. I'm a Parker. That's what I am. I'm a Parker. So ladies, welcome to church. Glad you're all here. Sorry, sorry, bro. Bro, dude, sorry. So thank God. So I guess what it was I was working out is uh, we need parkers. We're growing. Uh, we're adding on some additional parking space, and it will be changing up patterns just a little bit. And over the next few weeks, we're going to need some additional parkers. And so if you would like to help us with that, go to guest services, and uh, they'll, you get an orange shirt, y'all. And, uh, and uh, it'll be a great help and a great blessing. Not asking you to do it forever, but if you could commit to the next little season, it would really uh, help us so much. And so, uh, amen. All right. Well, I need to take just a moment before we um, get into the word and we're going to pray. You can go ahead and stay seated if you want. We'll pray and then uh, we'll go on with this. Let's pray together. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for your word and your goodness to us. I just pray that in this time, Lord, as, as Pastor Nick said, there's battles raging in some of, some of our lives. And Lord, I thank you that you're our fortress, you're our strength, you're our help. You're our comfort, you're our peace. And Lord, I just pray for everyone, those their hearts are hurting this morning. I just pray that you would comfort and give them in the midst of their storm, give them a peace that passes understanding. Help them, God, to know that you are with them and you will help them all the way through. And I pray for every single one of us today that as we hear your word, that we would not just be hearers, we commit right up front that we're also going to be doers of your word. And I thank you that when we commit ourselves to do your word, Lord, you show up in unbelievable, unexplainable ways, Lord, to help us in our lives. And we, we admit it right up, up front, Lord, that we need your help. We cannot do this on our own. So we thank you. I pray, Lord, that you anoint me and help me today. Uh, to deliver your word in the right way. And then when all is said and done, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased 
and that these, your people, every one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen, amen. And we actually already welcomed our internet audience by way of video, so amen. Hey, I need to take a moment before we get into the word uh, uh, today. Some of you, this uh, will be totally out of context, but uh, I want to make sure everybody was up to speed on this. This past Wednesday night, um, I made an announcement in service that we were going to have a little change of direction and vision in the, uh, in the new year and that we were only going to have uh, Wednesday services on the first Wednesday. And uh, um, I'd agonized about that um, because we've been doing first Wednesdays for, or we've been doing Wednesday nights for the whole 26 years of the church. And, and I was sorting that through and I kept going back, talked to our executive pastors and so forth. And it was my decision and the reason was we've seen such incredible value and impact out of doing small groups. And uh, we just wanted to make more time, more space for more people to be a part of, of small groups. But I was agonizing about it. And I just kind of put it this way. I, I felt like maybe I'm just grieving doing something for 26 years. So I made the announcement on, on uh, Wednesday night. And then um, Wednesday night was the longest night of my life. And I wrestled and I felt like, you know, I was wrestling with myself at first. And then after, after a while, I realized the Lord was really dealing with me. And it wasn't a matter of me grieving 26 years of doing something. It was really a matter of peace and direction. And so by sun up, and uh, it took a while for sun up to get here, um, I'd settled in my heart that I needed to reverse that decision. So I, yeah. Thank you. So I spoke with my wife, and uh, she immediately concurred. And through the whole thing, she had let her voice be known to me. She was always for Wednesday night. But she said, but honey, I trust you, and I'll support you in what you decide. But here's, here's my thoughts. And so I reversed that decision. I, and then I came in, talked to um, uh, executive pastors, and then talked to our staff. And uh, I did kind of an executive never mind is what, is what we did. And... <laughs> And it was set to start in the first of the year. And uh, this is kind of what I felt. I, I almost felt like there was a boat tied to the dock, and I untied it on Wednesday night. And as it started to drift out, I felt like, no, we cannot let that go. So I am this morning, and I will be on Wednesday night, humbly swimming out into the current to um, bring that boat back. And amen. Uh, I want to say to you, I believe humility releases grace. I want to say to you, I'm sorry, because you're counting on a leader to hear and to know. And, and here's my lesson, and I pray it will be all of our, of our lesson in this. Colossians 3.15 talks about you've got to let peace rule. Let peace rule. And in the Amplified Bible, it says, let peace rule, act as umpire. Act as umpire, settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. And so as I was, uh, and I've taught you this for years, that when you lose your peace, you need to go back to where you lost your peace if you can. And so we've been able to do that. I thank you for being gracious. I'm reminded also in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, let us not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Get this, so much the more, not so much the less, so much the more as you see the day approaching. We value groups we're going to do all that we can to maximize that and encourage you to be a part of it, but it cannot be at the expense of, of that Wednesday time. There's so much that needs to be taught, especially in these days, 
And so again, I will, as your leader, I humble myself before you. I will do better. I'll tell you what, I am listening in every way I can and uh, will not violate that peace. So thank you for being gracious this morning. And we'll see you Wednesday, okay? See you Wednesday. Thank you. Well, we're finishing up a series this morning on temptation. And uh, I want to remind you that a series, we believe, is a season that God is speaking um, to our hearts. And um, this has been quite a season here. And I, I believe a very relevant topic for all of us concerning temptation. I'll ask you again, anybody here at all get tempted in any way this past week? It's all of us, all of us. Unless you have just, no, I'm not tempted anymore. I just, I don't even pay attention. I just go right to the sin, you know? <laughs> so uh, I hope that's not the case. Hey, you remember David in the Bible? Yes. David fought and defeated Goliath. And he became a hero. And he became the king. Let me give you some measurements, some stats on Goliath. Uh, most scholars believe that he was about nine foot, six inches tall. I maybe know any basketball team would want that guy. He uh, was fully armored, but just his bronze coat of mail. Uh, so in essence, a vest weighed 125 pounds. Uh, the spear that he had was like a small timber. It's compared to uh, a weaver's beam which was a part of a big weaver shuttle. The spearhead weighed 15 pounds. So that's like putting a full-grown bowling ball on the end of your spear, you know, weight-wise. Um, Shaquille O'Neal's uh, shoe size is a 22, size 22. And it's estimated that Goliath's shoe size would have been over size 30. So David, little David, goes out and beats Goliath. And then a little while later, David watches Bathsheba take her bath and ultimately lost. And I gave you the measurements and stats on Goliath and the measurements on, and stats on Bathsheba shall remain undisclosed at, this, at this, <laughs> this point of the service. Samson. We've got so much in the movies today of the Avengers and Hulk and so forth and Iron Man and feats of strength. And Samson did many feats of strength. Here's just a few of them here. With his bare hands, he tore a lion apart. He killed an entire army, numbered 3,000 people, just with the jawbone of a donkey in his hand. He carried away the city gates. He pulled down some stone pillars, collapsing the whole temple and killing you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of the enemy. And yet, he lost it all, laying his head on the lap of Delilah. The point this morning is this, that you can be strong on one day and weak on another day. You can be strong about one thing and weak about another thing. And we need to be aware of this because the issue, you ready for this? The issue is strength. Everybody say strength. The issue ultimately is strength. And we can be strong in one area and not strong in another. You know, think back when you were in school. Maybe, maybe you were strong in all areas, you know, but there were others of us, you know. 
Maybe strong in English, but not so strong in math. Maybe you're strong in the kitchen and cooking, but not so strong in cleaning. Maybe in sports you were strong to run, but you weren't so strong to throw or to catch. And with temptation, you need to know where you're strong, and you better know where you are weak. You know, I know where I'm strong. I can resist okra in any form all day long. But lemon cupcakes? Just mentioning lemon cupcakes, my mouth watered just right now. So we've got to know this. We've got to know where we're strong. We've got to know where we're weak. Look at this in first Corinthians chapter 10. It says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. See, we've got to be aware that, Hey, I'm coming off a win. Well, we've got to make sure that we pay attention to that. And then in Proverbs 24 verse 10, if you faint, say, that's me. If you faint, if you fall, if you fail in the day of adversity, of challenge, of trouble, let me insert this, of temptation, your strength is small. Will you read this verse with me? If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So let me point something out to you, and, and it, is, it is simply this. Adversity is not the issue. Trouble is not the issue. The challenge is not the issue. Let's put it in our context Temptation is not the issue. Here's the issue. Strength is the issue. Strength is the issue. The message paraphrase says for this, if you fall to pieces in a time of crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. So strength is the issue. Say it again, strength. So the problem, the temptation, the challenge, those things, that is not the issue. Strength is the issue. Let's go to Ephesians chapter six. It says, Paul says, finally, my brethren... Be strong, there it is, be strong in the Lord. He's, he's literally saying, take strength, receive strength from the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Remember, strength is the issue. Let's go ahead, next verse. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What's the devil trying to do? He's trying to pull you down, trying to mess you up. Go ahead. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, notice this, but we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all of that, take up the whole armor of God that you, say it again, that's me, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, help me, to stand. So what we have here, we are to be strong. We are to take strength. We are to receive strength. We are to have strength that God will supply. So, so connect this. The issue is strength. That's what we need. And God will give us the strength that we do need. And we receive that from the Lord. And we must do that. And we must be fully armed and must be fully armored because we not only have an enemy, but as we saw in this verse, there's a whole hierarchy of evil. And believe it or not, like it or not, is designed strategically to mess every one of us up. You're hiding. Designed to mess every one of us up. And in some way to trip us up. The enemy of our soul... And all of his cohorts of evil, they do not want your life to be good, and they do not want your life to be full. 
They do not want you to be effective. They don't want you to feel good about yourself. They don't want you to discover your gifts, your God-given gifts and talents and abilities, the dreams that God has given you. They don't want you to ever receive the Lord. And if you do receive the Lord, they want to neutralize you as best they can. And, and one of the main ways they're going to do that is the areas that pull on you that you might actually cooperate with, and that's the area of temptations in, in our life. If you're tracking with me so far, say something this morning. All right. Now, here's our question this morning. Where do we get the strength that we need to overcome temptation? And I want to point out a few of them here this morning. First of all, oh, I skipped a verse, didn't I? No, we're not there yet. Back up. No. Uh. Strength comes from victory. Strength comes from victory. How many of you know that the Gators are feeling pretty strong this morning? You know, whenever you win, you feel stronger. If somebody says, hey, that team's having a strong year, uh, or things are going strong for their business, um, strength comes from victory. Every time you win, you gain strength. Every time you win, you gain mastery over things. Um, don't show all this yet. Whoa, whoa, just victory. Every time you win, you gain strength. It takes strength to win, but then you gain strength from the win. Can I tell you this also, that when you lose, you lose strength. When you lose, you lose strength. Plus, think about this. Every temptation contains a lie. Don't miss this. Every temptation contains a lie. And if you believe the lie, if you swallow the poison pill, so to speak, you lose strength. It weakens you. It weakens you. It erodes your soul. So what we want to understand is strength comes from victory. Would you say that with me this morning? Strength comes from victory. And the next one, which you may have seen already, is strength comes from knowledge. Strength comes from knowledge. Let's look at this in Proverbs 24, verse 5. 24, verse 5. Can we go there? Okay. There we go. <laughs> a wise man is what? Strong. Yes, a man of knowledge. Come on. Increases strength. Now, in the same chapter previously, we read that... Uh, you know, it's strength being the issue. Uh, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Same chapter. And it says here, a wise man is strong as a man of knowledge increases strength. Do you remember our guy in the Proverbs that we look, we've looked at several times in this series? Remember, he lacked understanding. He lacked knowledge. And what happened? He lost it all. He came to ruin. So strength can come from victory. Strength can come from knowledge. But I want you to understand this. You can string together some victories and you can have knowledge and you can still fall. You can still fall. So I want us to look at one other one here this morning. Strength comes from help. That one right there. Strength comes from help. Everybody say strength comes from help. All right. Our only hope is help. Our only hope is help. The psalmist said this in Psalm 121. My help comes where? From the Lord. Lord. Say it. My help comes from the Lord. He went on to say who made heaven and earth. He made heaven and earth. That not only reveals what God is able to do, 
that he's able to make heaven and earth. I believe it also speaks of this. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I mean, I think it means this as well, that he has resources everywhere to help you. And so strength comes from help. What kind of help? It comes from God himself in ways that we could never understand or fully explain. How many of you know that God has helped you before and you don't even know how that happened, but God, no, no, I'm, no I'm, I'm not putting up with pitiful this morning. How many of you know that God has helped you before in something? I mean, you just think about it just a little bit. Even if you're not walking with God right now, or you've never walked with God, I have, I have rarely met a person ever who, who said God has never done anything for it. I, I've, I've talked to people before that were so hard, weren't going to come to church or whatever, but in conversation with them, they said, oh, I, I know God's dealing with me. I watched him do this, you know, and we need to know that God helps us. So here's ways he helps us. God himself, God's word, God's spirit, God's ministers, God's people, God's places. It's just all around us. Um, In the book of Romans, in chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8, the apostle Paul talks about, writes about the battle. Everybody say battle. This is where we're headed this morning. The battle that we all have with sin. He talks about our old nature. Now, you might be a new creature, but you need to understand you're still wrestling with the old nature, the flesh. He talked about that. And then he talked about the new nature, which is inclined to the spirit and your, your spirit born again unto the Lord. And so Paul talked about old nature, new nature, the battle with sin. And this is super important here. And Paul admits his need for help. He admits his need for help. And I want to read a couple passages here out of Romans chapter seven. Paul says, and this is in the new living translation. So it'd be real easy for us to understand here. Are you with me this morning? I don't really understand myself. Can I get an amen? Is is this your new favorite verse? Okay. I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Keep going. Verse 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Verse 19. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Come on, is this anybody's story here? Okay. Let's go on to uh, verse 21. I have discovered... This principle of life that when I want to do what is right, let me just point out, that's your new nature. It wants to do it with the right. I inevitably, there's a law at work, I inevitably do what is wrong. Verse 22. I love God's law with all my heart. Verse 23. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. Note that and remember that. We'll come back to that. There's war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. As long as you're in the flesh, you, you still have that lower fleshly nature. Are y'all following me? And so this is what we discover here. And this is important. Paul says that in my old nature, in my fleshly nature, listen to me, 
there's no good. And in my new nature that wants to do right, don't miss this. In my new nature that wants to do right, there's no power. That's what he said. So in my old nature, there's no good. And in my new nature, there's no power. Seriously, that's what he just said. My old nature wants to do all the bad stuff and it seems to be winning. My new nature, I love God's word with all my heart. I'm constantly wanting to do right and then I mess up and I, ah, ah. So there's no good in my old nature and there's no power in my new nature. And then he says this, wretched man that I am. He says, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm just worn out on this. Let's look at it in Romans 7, 24 in the message. Wait on me. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Watch this. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The other translations say, oh, wretched man that I am. He's saying, I'm doing all the stuff. I've been here for every week of the series. I'm going to go to growth track next month, I promise. I'm, I'm in a small group. I got my name on my Bible. I downloaded the church app. I'm being nice to people. And I keep crashing. I keep messing up. Oh, I'm strong in some areas, but I've got these other things. So what do I do? And that's what Paul is just saying. Isn't isn't this the real question? And here's the answer. He's saying, who will help me? Look in verse 25 now, again in the message. The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. So who's going to help me? Who's going to give me some strength? Isn't that the real question? Well, the answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Can we declare an amen this morning? He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. So here's what happens. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, zero in on this, uh, Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me put it this way. The Holy Spirit, the power of the risen Jesus will help us. But how do we make this happen? What do you mean he will help us? I'm talking about he will help us. He will put some super on your natural. Does anybody need some super on your natural sometimes? That's what I'm talking about. Something I can't fully explain. Something I don't even fully understand. But somehow God is helping me. And there's nothing that he can't help you to overcome. And Paul's saying, I've got this war going on on the inside of me where there's no good and there's no power, but I'm trying to do right. Who's going to help me with this? Thank God Jesus can and Jesus does and Jesus will help me. He goes on. Let's find out how to connect to this. He goes on in Romans chapter 8, and I would encourage you to read Romans chapter 8. It is said that the book of Romans is the treetops of the scripture. And when you get around chapter 8, I'm telling you what, it's some high places in those trees. Beautiful. And he takes Romans 8 to talk about new life in the Spirit and how the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, breaks the power and the law of sin and death. And as he breaks the power of sin and death, he empowers us so that we are free from the power of sin and death. I can't believe you're just sitting there. He, break, he sets us free from the, you've got to know you're free from this. 
But how do I connect with this? Because I could just kick you out right now and go, thanks for coming to church. It's been awesome. But you've got to know, how do I connect with this? And I think in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, we, we find a big key here. Notice this. Every word counts. For those who live according to the flesh, that's your old nature. Here's why they do it. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But, everybody say but. But those who live according to the spirit, and it's implied, so we're going to insert it here. Set their minds on the things of the spirit. Look in verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's, that's what we're after. Y'all with me? So here's the deal. It's his power that makes the difference. It's his power that makes the difference. But the power and the difference must show up. They must make their way to the battle zone. The few inches between your ears. Remember, Paul said, there's a war in my mind. We've got, that's where I need the help is in my mind. I don't need a, a giant chain and lock around my refrigerator. I need help here. I don't need the bridge blown up between you and the liquor store or the dealer or the whatever. I need help here. Come on, point to it right here. Not mine, yours, right here. So we go, he needs help right there. So what do I do? How do I get this power? Wait for me. How do I get this power? Right here. Say it. Set your mind. You've got to set your mind. It means this, give attention to, to think. It's a mindset that you focus and you pursue. You focus and pursue and set your mind on what? The things of the spirit. You set your mind on the things of the spirit, on the spirit himself, on God's word, on the promptings of the spirit, just on the things of God. And as you do that, I'm telling you what, something is going to happen. Something quite supernatural happens. I want to caution you to stop giving yourself permission to think some of the ways that you're thinking. See, you're giving yourself permission to think about the things that you don't, you know, you shouldn't go. And when you start to give yourself permission to think, you need to shut it down there. This is where the battle zone is. This is the battlefield. And, and you not only need to control that as best you can, but you've got to get the spirit of God helping you. The power and the help and the difference he, he would make right in here. And the way you've got to do it is set your mind on the things of the spirit. Let me illustrate. Um, my daughter, Greta, just uh, moved her back to college in, in August. And uh, she's actually home this weekend. Before she went... Um, I said, baby, is there anything I can do for you? Anything you want? And, and she said, daddy, I'm good. She's the most gracious child. And uh, I said, is there anything you want? She goes, I want to get satellite radio in my car. I said, count it done. So we got satellite radio installed in her car. And um, then I get it back to the house. They had to add this little unit in her car. And I get it back to the house. And so we went online and paid for, uh, you know, the to be activated and all. And so then he says, you need to call. So I call this guy and he says, go get in your car. I said, okay, now follow me. Follow me and try to apply this. Go get in your car. I said, all right. 
And he said, how can I, well, he said, how can I help you? I said, I want to activate Sirius XM satellite radio. He goes, okay, are you near your car? And I said, it's right here. He said, get in the car. I said, all right. He said, now get the car out in the wide open. He said, get in the driveway or parking lot where there's nothing blocking you overhead. Follow this. He said, make sure there's no tall buildings or trees that would anyway block what I'm trying to send to you. And then he said this, set your radio on, and he gave me a number. Everybody say, set your mind. Set your radio right there. And he says, and now, and he's talking me through it, I am sending you a signal. And this is coming out of a satellite or somewhere. I don't know. Heaven. <laughs> he said, I am sending you a signal right now in a few moments. Music will come in loud and clear. And I sat there for a few moments. He says, do you have it yet? And I said, nope. He says, it's coming. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, music came and I go, we got it. We got it. He goes, thank you very much. And then he said this, he said, is there anything else I can help you with today, Mr. Gilligan? I said, no, sir, that will be it. And you know what? That to me is a perfect picture of how to set your mind. You need to get where you need to be, where there's nothing blocking you. There's no high anything blocking you so that what he wants to send to you, wait, 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 I'm not done. I'm not done. And get it set on the right channel. And I can't ever have it set on the right channel when I'm thinking about those lyrics, that movie, that person, those things, this stuff, that, whatever. And, and set it on the right channel. And I'm telling you what, and something is on the way. And it will make it to you and it will help you. And I promise you, then the Holy Spirit say, and is there anything else I can help you with today, Mr. Dillon? Amen. Our old nature, no good. New nature wants to do right, but no power. Where am I going to get power? My only hope is help. And if you and I will set our minds on the things of the Spirit, I'm telling you what, he will get the power to you that will make the difference. The Holy Spirit, the power of the risen Jesus will help you to win over temptation. 2 Peter 2.9 says this, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Look with me at 2 Timothy 1.7 in the English Standard Version, and we're going to close with this this morning. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but a spirit of power and love and what? Self-control. You, listen to me, you can win over temptation. I've been trying to tell you for six weeks, you can win over temptation. Amen? I'm going to finish right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.